0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of What's What BR. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Dr. Lindsay Fovo from Oshner's with us today. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good. I would write checks for weather like this all week. So Hello. it's been amazing. So it
1: really has.
0: 60 in the morning, you know, maybe a little cooler as the day goes, but I'll take it. Take the wind Anything I can. to get
1: rid of the mosquitoes, I'll take yep.
0: it. Exactly. <laughs> But love bugs are coming. Anyway, another dist- story, distraction. So tell me, what uh, what are you? What is a normal day for you? And you're at Oshner's in the, is an oncologist and sir, Like you've got a gazillion specialties. You know, <laughs> oshner has got a gold here. You know, so give us force you to talk about yourself for a little bit.
1: Sure. So I am primarily located at the Grove. So, the surgery center and clinics that are located behind the mall. And what I do is I have 100% dedicated practice toward breast. And so I treat breast cancer surgically, I manage women that are at high risk for breast cancer, and then just any general breast health needs. So, sometimes I have clinic. Sometimes I have operative days. A lot of my time is spent coordinating with other doctors for treatment of patients. But um, as with any surgeon, every day is different, which is why we do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone needs a little bit of variety in their life. But but I love it. I'm technically termed a breast surgical oncologist because I have specialty training with regards to new innovations and treatments for breast cancer. Um, But breast surgeon will do.
0: There we go. So you're from Gonzales, So Mm -hmm. this is your stomping grounds. And so kind of did a little research beforehand, but you know, went to LSU and then made a stint, you know, and jumped over to New Orleans. And then the big thing that I noticed doing some homework was you've actually gone and done a fellowship over in Dallas, which is for anybody who doesn't know, in your words, what is the fellowship? You know, that's, it, it, that's the top of the line, right?
1: <laughs> yes. So in order to do surgery, you have to do a surgical residency. So after you're done with med school, you spend general surgery is five years. So I spent five years with LSU and I was in the hospitals in New Orleans and Lafayette and then Baton Rouge learning every surgery type but then once you decide that you want to specialize you go back for additional training and so I did a whole year of specialty training in breast only and so that's why my clinics are dedicated 100% toward breast because I'm a specialist Um, but my route to fellowship was somewhat in uh, I guess not conventional. Uh, I was with Oshner for three years as a general surgeon and I found that I really loved treating my breast cancer patients. And we have so many at Oshner and such a need for specialty training that I went to Baylor last year and did my fellowship while my family stayed at home because we were all established and my husband held down the fort with four kids and a house and a mortgage and, you know, (laughs) tuition and homework and all the good stuff. So I was very lucky that I was able to do that additional training.
0: Wow. And so that gives you a specialty in, you know, whether it be from reconstruction to the cancer, like everything across the board. If there's anything that needs to be done, you've got it. So
1: yeah, the year you would think that the word Breast cancer fellowship would just be surgery, especially for someone who is trained as a surgeon. But I spent a lot of time in the radiology department. I spent time in pathology. So I know what they're doing to the specimens. I spent time with medical oncology and learning the chemo. And I spent time with radiation oncology. So I know what every patient is going to go through and what that looks like. Because I think it's very different when you're talking about something theoretically um, versus like being able to give them the nitty gritty of what it's going to be like.
0: That's, and I think I would almost equate it's, you know, it's one thing to know, you know, why something is or what it is, but to understand kind of how it works and what's the behind the scenes. Like you've mentioned, you know, kind of being in the lab. So you've been in that lab, you know what they're looking through on the scope, you know what they're looking for. And so you kind of got this holistic approach versus just somebody who's just reading reports and making decisions.
1: Exactly. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum. So I treated breast cancer when I was a general surgeon and I didn't have that knowledge. And so now I do. And I can even mirror what I didn't know and when I treated versus now where I'm specialized. And I feel like my level of care has exponentially grown just with knowing those little details.
0: And so. Yeah, tell me If we jump, you know, a little bit of shift gears a little bit, we you know, we're approaching October, which would be, you know, breast cancer awareness. And this is a big deal, you know, but I always find these things, they're good because they got us talking, but it's like, we shouldn't just worry about this in October. You know, this is something, you know, that we need women, you know, from getting regular screenings, you know, we've talked about this. This is, this is something that we can, I don't want to say prevents, not the right word, but it's like we can help or get ahead of it, you know, aware, you know, get on top of it, you know, a little bit faster, not wait till the back end of things.
1: Yeah, I wish that we had technology to detect breast cancer before it happens. I think that's the horizon. That's our goal. But until Mm -hmm. then, our job moving forward is going to be doing screening to detect if something's there, we want to catch it early. So I love the fact that October brings that to light and it's a nice reminder for people who haven't gotten their mammograms or perhaps are late and they should have gotten them earlier in the year, it's never too late. You just call the center, set up your screening mammogram, get it done. The beautiful thing about Oshner is that they voluntarily have done a couple things within their mammograms that are pretty unique to our system. So first our mammograms are red and they tell you how dense your breast is, which is nice because if you don't look, you would never know. And if you weren't told, you would never know. And then at the very bottom of every mammogram that's done at Oshner, we use A risk calculator score. And so when you go to get your mammogram, you fill out a questionnaire that has all the components of it. And Oshner calculates that out for you. So there'll be a little blurb at the bottom of your mammogram that will tell you a percentage of your risk of breast cancer over your lifetime to age 85. And if you're over 20%, you're deemed high risk. So you get that information automatically.
0: Wow. So tell me, what is, I would think, you know, we had talked about this a little before, you know, those should be, the mammogram should be starting at 40, right? Yes. And most insurance is going to cover this. This isn't something that you've got to go out of pocket and you can go primary care and then they can push you or an OB can, you know, kind of push you that direction, but also could go directly to Oshners and say, I need to make an appointment. You know, I need to get this done.
1: Absolutely. If you're due for your screening mammogram, you call, you set up your appointment and you go. Um, it's nice to have that little automatic reminder from your PCP or your OBGYN to say, Oh, look, it's that time of year. But if you don't have those already set up, that should not deter you from getting your imaging.
0: And when we're talking about this, you know, I've obviously never done it, but there is, this is not a full day event. This is not somebody needs to block, you know, I've got to take a day off of work, you know, or this is going to be, you know, my whole afternoon or like, it shouldn't be anything somebody's going to dread you know at the end of the day right
1: I mean they're not lovely but it's quick
0: Mm -hmm. yeah quick (laughs) (laughs) quick and in out move on move to the next thing on the list but it's something that needs to be done and it's something that can make a difference and like you're saying getting the score can 20 percent put you into high risk that seems kind of shocking honestly but it seems like that's what you know people need to know this information because there are options right
1: There are. So I actually started a high risk program at Oshner, And so whether you are deemed high risk from your mammogram and that calculator score, or you're say before 40, and you don't have that knowledge, but somebody picked up either you or one of your medical providers picks up that you've had, you know, a couple of family members with breast cancer and it's shocking, they can send you to the high-risk clinic. I can evaluate you. I can run a score independent of your imaging. And we can come up with a plan because some, if you're high risk for breast cancer, you get twice annual breast exams by a specialist. You can have the option to get additional imaging beyond just your annual mammogram. You could be a candidate for genetic testing um, and then there's lifestyle modifications that you can do to lower your risk. So the, in, the options are infinite and there's no harm in seeking more information because heaven forbid you do end up with breast cancer. You had the, these tools
0: at your disposal. And I think one thing, if people are not connecting the dots, I think that's I'm connecting and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's one thing, you know, it's one piece to come in and get the screening. But then if that screen does put you into high risk or does put that you, you know, has found that you've got breast cancer, you're not pushing somebody off in another direction and saying, here, go talk to this person. You know, you're able to see them all the way through this journey, this next chapter in their life that they're going to have to get through. And that's with you and with the services that Oshner has. Everything, they're staying in the same place. Is that correct? Absolutely.
1: You know, I think that the benefit of, already having a patient in the high-risk program who say perhaps test for a gene that puts them at a very high risk for breast cancer, they may choose to have prophylactic surgery. And then you already have me at your disposal. So you don't have to go anywhere else. You don't need to see anybody else. You already have a breast surgeon to address those needs.
0: And what is that surgery for somebody who does not know?
1: What so, you just say? if you have, <laughs> because I'm that guy who doesn't know, if you have a gene that puts you at higher higher risk for breast cancer, the traditional, well known ones are BRCA one and two. They're they're known as BRCA. Um, patients are eligible for prophylactic removal of their breast um, to minimize the risk of breast cancer. Um, I don't remember I don't know if you remember when Angelina Jolie did it. She's a patient, mm-hmm. but that's really the, the face that put this on the map. Granted, mm-hmm. the, there's a very low percentage of these people, but they exist. I've seen them, they are here in Louisiana. Some people don't even know that they are a risk for it, but you never will know unless you go to get your mammogram and they will ask you the questions. So mm-hmm. it's all full circle.
0: So, and that's kind of, you said, that's where it starts with the mammogram. Then you get the risk score that Oshners is doing, which is pretty unique. You said in the -hmm. world of mammograms to get this, you know, risk score. And then they're able to meet with you, review, decide, you know, what are the different options? Because there are, and if you could run us through just so, so I want everybody kind of a full circle of what are the different options? Like, where does this stop? I think a lot of people talk about, you know, let's go get a screening. Okay. Well then, it's like three stages almost to me, like get the screening, get the awareness, get it out there. Okay. Now you've got to confront the situation and then what are we going to do about it? You know, but it's a gray area, I think. And a lot of people go out and try to learn everything from a doctor on Google. And I think that's the worst thing that anybody can do. So being that you're here with us, what are some of the, you know, what are different options that people have? Obviously there's probably a thousand different things and everybody's unique, but from a high level, what would you tell people? You know, is it the same as it was 20 years ago, or is the medical field advancing in this area as well?
1: I think that I'm drawn to breast cancer because it is such a moving target in both the high risk management and in the management of cancer. But the the good thing about the high risk clinic and why I really like treating patients who are at risk for breast cancer is because You can really lay it all out there. You can say, look, I think that you are at risk because of X, Y, and Z. You can't control your GYN history. You can't control your family. But there are things that you can control. We know that obesity does have a link to cancer. So if there's a patient who needs help managing their weight, we do lifestyle and wellness coaching. We can get you down to an acceptable weight. And that way you lower your risk sometimes by even lowering your weight, they can fall out of the high-risk category. They can go below 20, and then you don't need any of the additional things. It's really getting them to take ownership of where they're at in their health and then guiding them through the process. And that's the hard part for, for I think, everybody. You know, We have these guidelines that tell us what to do. But in my mind, a guideline is not gospel, you know, it's a, if appropriate. So I like to have pretty in detail conversations with patients about, you know, what do you want beyond a mammogram? Because the other option is gonna be a breast MRI. And as anybody who's ever had an MRI before, It's, it's a lot different than a mammogram. So it's a conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up with one. If you come see me, it is a two way street. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. You're just, you're just accepted for it by your insurance. So it's really, it's what people are different. Some people are risk averse. Some people are not. And so it's getting to know your patient, figuring out what their individualized plan is, and then moving forward.
0: And just to cover, you know, in some of the weeds and the trenches, you'd mentioned earlier in the beginning that you're based over at the Grove, you know, back behind the mall. Is all of this happening here in Baton Rouge or is this some of it's having to go back to New Orleans, you know, or is everything, you know, they're going to the same, they can have the same parking spot every time if they're lucky.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) I, I'm waiting. So we have renovated the Cancer Center on O'Neill. The second floor is gonna be all brand new renovated spaces in January. And that's the dedicated surgical services floor. And so I will have a presence over there once it's over at least one day a week to sort of split the, the driving distance for the entire Baton Rouge community. Cause I know that some people live further away from that area off of I-10. Um, but when it comes to the treatment of breast cancer You can get almost everything at the Grove. Unfortunately, the linear accelerator for radiation is at the cancer center. So if you do get radiation therapy, you're going to the cancer center. But the way that we treat our breast cancer patients here at Oshner is nice because there's no onus on the patient. The medical, the radiation oncologist, the geneticist, the physical therapist, down to your pre-op nurse, your next clinic visit with your primary care doctor, everybody sees my notes. Everybody sees your imaging. Everybody sees your pathology. It is one system. It's flawless with communication. And so when someone has a diagnosis of breast cancer and they come to see me, I'm their initial touch point. What most people describe a breast cancer surgeon as, if you have a breast cancer, is that I'm the captain of the ship. So I see you, I'm the touch point. And then from there, I, we have what's, what's called a multidisciplinary breast conference. And so everybody who I just named is on this conference call. We discuss you, we discuss your limitations, your family, your history, your tumor type, your imaging, your pathology. And so then when you go see all these other physicians, they already know what I'm thinking. They know what the radiologist is thinking. They know what the pathologist is thinking. And so there's no back and forth. You don't have to carry paper or images anywhere. We have got you. So it's really nice. And especially when you're trying to mentally process breast cancer, you don't wanna have another burden to deal with. You don't wanna have to go to medical records. You don't wanna have to dig for things. It's nice. And then everything at Osher's virtual. So you, if someone wants to know what type of cancer you have, you literally pull up an app on your phone and you're like, here you go.
0: That's my wife is over at Oshner's and she's always got the app, you know, and she's pulling it up and she'll, her sister and her will compare notes almost. They can see everything and that's, you know, and I think, you know, not only is it there in an app, you know, but it's there, but it also, I think that puts people, you know, where they feel they're, they're in control too you know, where they can make the decisions on, like you mentioned, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do that? You know? And I think that makes a big difference. Nobody wants to be carrying around the binder, you know, of all their medical stuff. And then, and I think that's what the running theme that I've been hearing kind of the medical community is just the more access to information, the more seamlessly we can get it because you don't want somebody who has no idea what's going on because I was reading some of the notes. Like one of the things that, nutrition plays a role you know in breast cancer as well right you know yeah. if you're seeing a nutritionist and they don't know like maybe some people need to be talking but what you're saying is everybody at Oshner's has got the full circle to kind of that 360 review of you absolutely so,
1: and it comes without you even asking for it that's the beautiful part you know there are certain places where you get treated and you're all of your physicians are independent and then all they do is talk about you once your tumor is out and that's not how we do it we talk about you up front because we want to take into account do you have transportation issues do you need to see financial services do you have any sort of barriers that we can make easier for you and it's nice to have a perspective from a touch point prior to seeing somebody so you don't spend 10 minutes on this diatribe about something when they're like, I don't want that. You've already kind of got, okay, check that off your list, move along. (laughs) It's nice. I think as a patient, it's helpful.
0: Yeah. Now tell you, know, when it comes to patients, do you feel, you know, more of a connection being that, you know, a lot of people, you know, grow up, get a real job, become the doctor, you know, move away, but you're in your, your own stomping grounds, you know, kind of you grew up in this area, you know, 10 miles from you know the office you know down the road maybe do you feel that helps you connect more or you can kind of relate to people or do you find that that helps get more patients in because it's like look this is somebody you know i knew them you know in school or i've known them i'm coming in you know i i believe you you're not just somebody else telling me something to do I
1: I do find that I have a lot of patients from Ascension Parish. It's funny because (laughs) when I grew up there, I vaguely remember the sign on highway 30 when you were entering said the populace was around 1500. And I can't even imagine (laughs) what it is now. So it's totally different. The way that people (laughs) reference Gonzalez is totally different than how I remember it.
0: I, I I can remember. I remember when they, built the Tanger mall out there. It was like, you want me to go all the way out there, like all the way to Tanger. Now it's nobody thinks twice, you know, but but it is, it is local, you know, and that's something I think that's important. And I think that speaks to Oshners as well, as far as attracting talent and keeping talent here, because, you know, there's a lot of other big cities and there's a lot of other places that, you know, somebody like yourself could have ended up, but to be able to come back home, That's got to speak, you know, not just to Austin's as a company, to the culture, to, you know, the people there, but also the investments they're making, like you said, redoing a surgical wing. Like if you had all the greatest culture and the greatest people, but didn't have the tools to do the job, you know, you couldn't be effective, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) There are a couple of people who are jealous because they bought a lot of equipment on my return. Like a lot of (laughs) equipment.
0: So you may not have the best of friends in some areas. They might be a little upset, but it's
1: exactly
0: the community wins at the end of the day. So
1: I know. I thought I wish I would have put a little more thought toward I love my husband, but my name is hard to pronounce and I was a Richard and it probably would have done me better to just
0: (laughs) Just stick with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's um but that's the way it is down here. I think everybody's got to get used to you know different names, different spellings, how everybody does it. But at the end of the day, like I said, you you had options and you chose Oshner. So, that, like I said, that speaks a lot. You know, to a I like when people stick with their communities. That's we're big into the community here. But it really speaks that Oshner's has that commitment as well as you do. I think that's a big deal for people to understand. So,
1: I actually it was very interesting how it went through the system so it was kind of born and bred from female leadership truthfully my mm-hmm. direct superior is um, Amy Rabelais who's an ENT here in Baton Rouge and she moved into a leadership position and approached me and was like do you want to do this and I was like let's go no turning <laughs> back <laughs>
0: We're going, where's the wall? I'm busting through it. We're going to make it happen. I'll knock you down with you. We'll make room exactly. for the equipment. Yes. so Well, that is awesome. Well, I hope if anything, if anybody got out of this, you know, October is breast cancer awareness, you know, let's get raised more, you know, it's go see the OB, go see the primary care, or just go to Oshners and make an appointment mm-hmm. like, or just walk in. They'll help you, you know, call somebody, you know, do something. It's, it's all about action. I think this is one of those things. It's we're competing, for lack of better words, against apathy. You know, it's easy to put it off and say, "I'll do it later." I'll do it later. It's easy to say, "Well, I turned forty a couple of years ago in the middle of COVID, and they weren't doing these things. I just haven't gotten around to it." But it's like, no, let's clear the backlog, get in, get checked. It's going to make life better at the end. It's not something that if you just put your head in the sand, it's going to go away and you don't have to worry about it so absolutely so i appreciate you taking some time i tell everybody you got more important things to do than talk to me all day so (laughs) it's um i know you're busy and so it means a lot to come in here and kind of talk about it fill everybody in bring this top of mind hopefully we get if anything if we can help one person it was worth all the time to me
1: absolutely thank you for having me this is a lot of fun
0: absolutely we'll have you come back and tell us you know like maybe we'll just send us just we'll flood the gates and then you'll hate me because we have too many people there that are getting screenings and now you've got work and then you can come back and be mean to me so okay. but um i appreciate it we'll have you back soon and uh let's see what we can do let's get some people in there get people taken care of so
1: sounds great
0: awesome thank you we'll talk soon